Jesus, I'm calling this sermon series, Follow Me, because that's the thing that Jesus said very early in his ministry over and over again, was follow me. Leave your stuff behind, leave your nets behind and come and follow me. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about following Jesus through temptation. Um, How can we deal with being tempted like Jesus did? And then last week, we talked about following Jesus in the way he loves. Uh, How can we love one another like Jesus did? We talked about how Christian love, uh, the the love of Christ is sacrificial. It it costs something. It gives something up. And now this morning, we're going to talk about that cost. There is a cost to following Jesus. What is the cost, and is it worth it? Is it worth it? We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 to 22. So grab your Bible, dust it off, find Matthew, find Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. We're going to look at it together. I don't have any slides to show you. Uh, We're still figuring out uh, how to do that. So really, go get your Bible. Go get your Bible. We're going to read through it together. This is Matthew chapter 8. So just, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you're going and getting your Bible. So let me just frame out Matthew 8. Uh, comes right after the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus has preached uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. It's this big ch- teaching block in Matthew's gospel. And then in the beginning of, of chapter 8, he comes down off the mountain. He goes into Capernaum. He does some miracles there. And then he ends up on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. And that's where chapter 8, verse 18 starts. And we're just going to go through it verse by verse. This is verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. He's trying to get away. Okay. We find Jesus several times in the Gospels trying to get away from crowds. There are a few reasons for this, uh, but that's what's happening here in verse 18. There's a crowd following him. They've probably been around him since he was preaching on the, on the mountain. Uh, they've seen his miracles. Uh, they're excited about what's going on. Uh, but Jesus is not trying to win a popularity contest. So he's, he doesn't, he's not really into crowds being around him all the time. And so he wants to get away. Uh, Jesus saw a crowd around him and he gave orders, let's go over to the other side. Let's get away from the crowd. But before he could leave, this is what verse 19 says. A scribe came up to him, came up and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I'll follow you wherever you go. And do you understand how encouraging that would be to hear from somebody? For someone to walk up to you and say, hey, I've got your back. I'll go wherever you want to go. I, I'm with you. Well, I'm in. And all of the people who are all already with Jesus would probably be thinking, all right, we got one. Yeah, you know, plus one. Here we go. You're a convert. Let's, you know, put you on the list. Let's go. Sign this guy up. But that would be a little bit hasty. You see, the scribes in the Gospels are generally portrayed as doubters of Jesus. And when this scribe calls Jesus teacher, not Lord, you know that there's something missing in what he believes here. But he's very eager, and that's exciting. He's very eager. He's saying, hey, let's, 
I'm in, let's go. I'll go anywhere with you. I'll go anywhere with you. And you can imagine Jesus at this moment saying something like, really, anywhere? Huh. Well, here's where I'm headed, and here's, here's his response in verse 20. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, Jesus is telling this scribe, if you want to follow me, that's what you're signing up for. It's rough. The path I'm on is not a comfortable path. Even for me as the son of man, my path is not an easy path. And if you're going to come with me, it's not going to be easy for you. I don't put my people up in the Motel 6. I don't pay, I don't pay your wages. I don't, I don't, I, it's, it's rough. And Jesus is also looking ahead to the fact that his people would be rejected because he's rejected. He's looking ahead to when they're not welcome into cities. He says, the path, the path behind me is rough also, as is my path. I think some people jump into Christianity almost doing a swan dive, you know, just, just super excited thinking about what it means to, to be a Christian. And, and we, we go in thinking that Jesus is like the genie in Aladdin, that if I've got this, this guy, this, if he's got my back and we're friends, uh, everything else will be fine because he's got so much power that if he's with me, I don't have to worry about anything. I'm good to go. You know, I, 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 life will be easy if my, if my friend is, is this powerful. But that's not what Jesus teaches. If you're taking notes, if you're writing things down, write this down. Following Jesus is not comfortable. It's not comfortable. Jesus doesn't promise, follow me and I'll make you happy. He doesn't promise, follow me and, uh, and I will take care of, 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 of all the things that are bothering you. Follow me and you will be comfortable. He does not promise that. He says, he says, I don't even have a place to rest my head. What do you think it's going to be like for you? And once this over-eager scribe got that message, he's out. He's out. We don't hear from him again. The cost is too high. And then verse 21 says, Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. So here's another person in the crowd. He calls Jesus Lord. That's a good sign. This disciple, this follower, wants to go with Jesus to the other side of, of the Sea of Galilee. But he's got something pressing that he needs to take care of. He needs to attend to his father's funeral. Jewish tradition allowed for some people, uh, or for, for someone who had a family member who died, to be excused or freed from um, even legal requirements uh, that they needed to keep. Uh, if you need to go and, and, and bury your loved one, you don't have to worry about uh, a, a lot of the, the rules that we have. Just you know, go and take care of it. That's a priority. So the expected answer from Jesus in this case would be, of course, this, this guy says, I want to go with you, but let me go and bury my father first. And you'd expect Jesus to say, of course, go take care of your father's funeral and we'll see you when you're done. But here's what Jesus said in verse 22. 
Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Taking care of a deceased relative was important to the Jewish culture, but Jesus tells this man, following me is more important than that. In fact, the lesson here is following me is more important than anything. It's more important than anything else that you've got going on. And it's an extremely significant statement about the primacy of Jesus and the life of someone who is following Jesus. This disciple was being invited to come with Jesus and his people across the sea. Jesus says, follow me. He's being invited to come with them. And when Jesus tells you what to do, when Jesus says, go, when Jesus says, come, when Jesus says, do this or do that, and you decide to do something else, even if it's important, even if it can't be done another day, even if it's something that I have to take care of right now, if you decide to do something other than what Jesus tells you to do, what he's called you to do, you're not following Jesus. You're following your own inclinations. You've got a priority list of things to do, urgent things and important things, and you're, you're weighing them all out in your mind. For Jesus, the answer is always Jesus. The answer is always do what Jesus wants you to do. That outweighs everything else that you could possibly stack against it. It's follow Jesus no matter what, even when you've got other things going on. This is about Jesus' place in your life. And the point here, if you're going to write it down, is if you're not following Jesus first, you're not following Jesus at all. As we start to think about how these lessons apply to us today, we need to start back at that crowd, thinking about the people who heard about Jesus' teaching and, and heard people were showing up and heard about what was going on and heard about the miracles and people started following Jesus around. And in any crowd, you've got a mixed bag. You've got people who are, are genuine believers. You've got people who are uh, skeptics or critics. And you've got groupies. You've got people who are there because something's happening. There's activity over there. It's interesting. There's, there's, there are miracles and, and it's, something is happening there. So I'm going to involve myself in what's going on over there because uh, I, I, like, I like the people. I like the vibe. I like the atmosphere. I, I like what's going on. Jesus isn't really into crowds. He deals with crowds because he wants many people to hear the gospel. He wants many people to be healed. He wants many people to see God's hands at work. He wants many people to believe. But he also wants clarity about who are his people. He wants clarity about who is actually following him and who's just there because of the spectacle, who's just there because it's popular. Today, we find ourselves in a situation where crowds are forbidden. We can't gather together. We can't get in a big group. It, we're, we've lost some of, the, uh, some of the, the draw. Well, it, it's not a, a real you know, engaging social 
crowd-like atmosphere bringing people toward the church right now. But I don't think that's a problem for Jesus. That's not a problem for Jesus because he did that on purpose sometimes. He had a lot of people around him, and on purpose he left them to see what they would do. He said, we're out of here. And you take away the, you, you take away the, the sort of peer pressure of, of getting in. You take away the, uh, the, the, the parts of following Jesus that are, that are popular or, or cool or interesting or fun or, or anything like that. You take that away, and it's just you and Jesus. And what do you do now? And that's where we are. That's where we are right now. We're in a place where Jesus has said, here am I, and I'm with you, and what are you going to do? Because you're not showing up at church on Sunday morning. You're not showing up, walking through the door, and grabbing that donut, and having that coffee, and seeing your friend. You're not going to your Sunday school class, and talking about your week, and you're not seeing your friends the same way, and you're not uh, sitting in your favorite chair, and you're not, you're not, you know, talking to your favorite people, and you're not uh, listening to uh, your, your, your favorite songs, and, and you're not listening to your favorite pastor. You don't get to have those things. So what's left? It's just you and Jesus. And I'm wondering, now that he's dissipated the crowd, what's going to happen to your faith? It's just you and Jesus. Do you, do you give up because it's not the same? Were you living your faith because other people were watching you? Were you living your faith because of the peer pressure of it? Were you engaging in Christian activity because people were watching you and people would call you if you, if you stopped doing it? Or is it a genuine action coming from from the faith that, that the Holy Spirit has planted in your heart. If, this, if, if every church is a crowd, are you the cynic? Are you the, the skeptic? Are you the critic? Are you the genuine believer? Are you a groupie? And you're there because it's fun. You're there because it's something to do. It's something, it's something to put on your your resume or on your profile. It's something to call yourself. It's something to belong to. I think we, we will see that now that the crowds have gone. It's just you and Jesus. Do you give up because it's harder now? Do you say, well, I'll get back into it as soon as all this blows over? Or do you press on? Do you press on? Will you follow Jesus when it's weird when it's hard, when it's unpredictable, when you, have, when you have to watch the worship service on your phone or on your computer, in your family room, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, when you can't go to your Sunday school class, you can't see your friends the same way, when the crowd is gone and it's just you and Jesus, will you read the Bible faithfully? Will you pray faithfully? Will you give faithfully? Will you reach out and call each other 
faithfully? Will you pray for our leaders faithfully? Will you be sacrificial? Will you follow Jesus? Not everyone will. Not everyone will. But that's what it means to follow Jesus. It means following him through thick and thin when it's uncomfortable because it will be. Jesus tells us it will be. He says, I don't have a place to rest my head. It's not going to be smooth sailing for you. When it gets rocky, do you say, hang on a second, I'll be right back. And then you take off and you wait for it to get nice again. Then you come back in. Are you a fair weather Christian? Times like this show us. This isn't for me to judge you or for you to judge other people. This is for you to see. This is for Jesus to see what's happening in your heart. Are you, who are you to him? You can see that by the way that you respond in times like this. When it's uncomfortable, when you'd rather be doing something else, when it's hard to engage your faith. See, the word for this is faithfulness. The word for this is faithfulness. We aren't just told to be faithful by Jesus. Jesus doesn't just say, be faithful. Jesus shows us what faithfulness looks like. When Jesus says, follow me, he's saying, I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to show you how to handle this. Jesus says, when it's hard, follow me. And in Jesus, we find perfect faithfulness because Jesus walked the path when we couldn't. Jesus stayed faithful when everyone abandoned him and left him. Jesus stayed faithful to Peter when Peter denied Jesus. Jesus is faithful to you even when you turn away from him. Jesus is faithful to you now. Jesus is faithful. And part of following Jesus is being faithful like Jesus. Not not when it's easy, but when it's hard to be faithful and diligent to pursue Jesus with all that you have when it's rocky and it's turbulent and and the waves are tossing to and fro and things are changing every day. Following Jesus means following him when it's hard and being faithful to him. If you're listening to this uh, from wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, whatever's going on in your life, you're listening to this and you're thinking about Jesus, and you're thinking about people following him, and and, and who am I in that situation, and and how does Jesus see me? Because I might see myself as being the biggest attaboy out there. Like the scribe, that might be a superficial response to Jesus. Who are you to Jesus? Who is he to you? And we start talking about faithfulness, What you need to understand is that Jesus shows faithfulness on the cross. Jesus shows faithfulness because he was the only one who could do it. The Bible says that that God is holy and he's perfect and he's just and he's righteous. And we came in and he made us and he made us to love us and he wants a relationship with us. But we we made our own decisions. We didn't follow his design. We went against what he wants. We, we took what he made and we, we, we warped it. 
We messed it up. We sinned. That's what the Bible calls it. We, we made decisions differently than what God wanted. And we broke that perfect system that he built. And the rule about forgiveness is that you can only be forgiven by the person you wronged, by, the, by whoever was wronged has to be the one to forgive. And so because we wronged God in, 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 in going away from his, his design, God has to be the one to forgive us. So, so God came in human form as Jesus, and he said, I'm the only one who can, who can, who can make this right. And the way that he made it right was by suffering the punishment for all of sin, all of time. And when Jesus, when Jesus lived, he taught us how to follow him. And then the, the last thing that he did was he showed us what that path is like. And if you follow Jesus, it's not a smooth path. It, it drives me crazy when we start talking about or thinking about our faith and we start acting like God wants me to be happy. God wants me to have nice things. God wants me to be uh, secure and God wants me uh, to, be, to be comfortable. God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And that's what Jesus came to do was to show us holiness, to show us holiness and if you're following Jesus, we have to remember, Jesus was tortured and mocked and crucified on a cross. If that's who you're following, what do you think that path is going to be like? And if you're a Christian and life is easy, you're not doing it right. Because Jesus says, my path is rough. My path is not comfortable. If you're coming with me, you're making a commitment to hard times, to persecution and suffering, but ultimately to glory, ultimately to be on the winning team, ultimately to spend eternity with God forgiven because Jesus shows us the path back to God. And if you follow Jesus, Jesus will forgive you. If you believe, if you repent, you give your life to Jesus the Bible says that he will forgive you and make you right with God. So you have to ask the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And that means understanding two things, understanding the value of following Jesus. The value is not in having a happy life right now. The value is having heaven as a home, having Christ as a king, and having hope as a birthright. That is the value. The cost what you have to give up for that is, is, is in this life following a man who was tortured and crucified, even though he was the most innocent man ever. He had done nothing wrong, had only done good things, had performed miracles and healed people, but was falsely accused, was falsely convicted, was mocked and tortured and crucified and died. We inherit that. That is the cost. Instead of thinking that life is going to be nice and happy and beautiful and, and, uh, and rainbows and, and marshmallows and bunnies, knowing that the path that we follow is a brutal path, that's what, we, that's what we buy into and what we receive on the other end, that value, is not a, is not a is wonderful, happy life right now. 
It's a life of, of fighting for the good of other people. It's a, it's a life that is, it is difficult. And life might be difficult for us right now. For you, whoever you are, wherever you are, life might be difficult for you right now. The promise of the Bible, the gospel, is that as hard as life is, if you give your life to Jesus, he has this promise for you that you'll spend eternity with him in heaven. It doesn't mean that life is going to turn into something magical and wonderful right now, but it does mean that you can get your heart right with God. So as we think about following Jesus faithfully, as we think about the people who are standing at the Sea of Galilee and Jesus is saying, I'm going to head to the other side, who are you? Are you all in? Are you on board? Even though you've got other stuff going on, even though it's going to be hard and you're not going to have a place to stay, are you all in with Jesus? Are you on board right now? Or are you saying things like, hang on, I've got something to do. I'll be a good Christian when all this virus stuff is over. I'll be a good follower when, when it's easier for me. I'll be a good follower when it's safer for me. Or are you going to be faithful right now? That's the question that we have to wrestle with. My hope, my prayer is that if you didn't before, you will now submit your entire life and your comforts and your happiness and your hopes and your joys and your family and your finances and your friendships. You will submit everything to Jesus and say, it's yours, it's yours. It's not mine. I, I lay it down at the feet of Jesus, recognizing your holiness, recognizing who you are. I don't want it anymore. It's yours. Lord, I'm yours. Do with me as you will. I won't complain. I won't gripe. I won't be a problem. I will be faithful. Show me what to do and how to follow you and I'll go wherever you lead me to go. And right now that means staying faithful to your faith in a difficult time. You can do it. We can do it. And we support each other in doing it. That's what we do as a family. Let's pray.